Trump gives another deranged rally before a tiny crowd, this time in Warren, Michigan. He also posts death threats on social media about Mitch McConnell and makes racist comments about Mitch McConnell's wife. What world are we living in? <laughs> Trump files a deranged and legally unsound defamation lawsuit against CNN for saying that he spread the big lie, which he did. But Trump has now opened the door to massive discovery into his conduct. And oh, as a lawyer, it is so sweet to see Florida Republicans vote against $18.8 billion in FEMA aid for disaster relief for their own state. Again, I ask, what world are we in? And then they gaslight America by saying that they are not receiving any aid. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis's tactic is to attack the media for his incompetent response to Hurricane Ian. Beto O'Rourke shines in his debate for Texas governor against Greg Abbott, who wanted no one in the audience and for it to last less than one hour. And of course, the GOP supports fascists abroad. This is the Midas Touch podcast. And we have breaking news as of the time of this reporting, which we are live right now. And I'll prove it to you that we are live right now. Uh, reporting from the Daily Beast that Herschel Walker who has said that all abortions should be banned. It is being reported that he paid for a woman's abortion in 2009, who he had relations with. And the Daily Beast has obtained receipts and other records to back it up. Brett and Jordy, it's great to see you. But Brett, what can you tell us about this Herschel Walker report? Well, it's great to be here. It's great to be live, live with the Midas Touch podcast audience. Live, I mean, live. last week, it was just like the energy was just so killer. We were like, we got to do it again. And plus, what it allows us to do is it allows us to be breaking the news as it happens with you. So this Herschel Walker story, guys, is just like typical Republican hypocrisy. We've seen it time and time mm -hmm. again, and this is it at its just most glaring. So it's being reported that Herschel Walker in 2009 had paid for an abortion with his then girlfriend. Like you said, Ben, Herschel Walker has gone on the campaign trail and he said there should be no exception for abortion. None whatsoever. Abortion should be illegal. Apparently, the only exception should be, I guess, if you're Herschel Walker, as this Daily Beast article says. Uh, the woman who spoke with the Daily Beast and they had corroborated her story said that her and Walker conceived a child while they were dating in 2009. He actually urged her to get the abortion. And the woman said she had the procedure and that Walker ended up reimbursing her for the procedure. And talk about receipts, Ben. She supported these claims by showing the $575 receipt that she had from the clinic, as well as a get well card from Walker and a bank deposit, which included an image of a signed $700 personal check from Walker and a bank deposit that then corroborated the check. And there was basically he added on $125 extra for some other costs like transportation and, and things like that. Walker is now threatening to sue as, as all these Republicans do. Instead of taking responsibility, he is now threatening to 
threatening to sue the Daily Beast for the reporting. And that's where we're at right now. Here's Herschel Walker's response. He says, regarding the latest Democrat attack, this is a flat out lie. And I deny this in the strongest possible terms. This is another repugnant hatchet job from a Democrat activist disguised as a reporter who has obsessively attacked my family and tried to tear me down since this race started. He's harassed friends of mine, asking if I father their children. He's called my children secret because I didn't want to use them as campaign props in a political campaign. Now they're using an anonymous source to further slander me. They will do anything to hold on to power. It's disgusting gutter politics. I'm not taking this anymore. I, I, I planning to sue the Daily Beast for this defamatory lie. It will be filed tomorrow morning. And that's where we're at. Well, I bring on the lawsuit. I mean, ben, there's not going to be a suit, is there? You know, one of their tactics are is they threaten the lawsuit and hope right. people forget about it. Like, do you remember uh, when Carrie Lake threatened to sue uh, was the, the drag queen who came on and she goes, yep. I filed the lawsuit. You didn't file a lawsuit like you sent a letter and you served a letter on the individual while she was actually doing a show. You has as much process. legal standing as you sending a tweet like that. You've done nothing. You've done. And then nothing. they go on TV and they're like, I filed a lawsuit. <laughs> and, and it is a completely made up and contrived point. But uh, speaking of but you know who doesn't, though, Donald Trump actually filed this lawsuit, which was like the most incoherent, strangest lawsuit uh, that he filed against CNN. That was also breaking. He filed this lawsuit for four hundred and twenty five million dollars. And he alleged that CNN's use of the term or seventy five, that extra 50. Can't forget, can't forget about the extra 50, Ben. $425 million. And the allegation is that by referring to his election disinformation as, quote, the big lie, that that defamed his character. Um, and also comparing him to other dictators defamed his character. And after filing the lawsuit, he also said that he was going to sue the January 6th committee and many other media outlets. And I kind of hope that he sues us. <laughs> I'm not to say I'm feeling a little left out. I mean, we made videos calling Trump a racist. We made videos calling Trump an insurrectionist. We've made videos calling Trump a Russian lackey. And we just get ignored in this whole ordeal. What the hell? I'm I'm you, absolutely. Yeah, the, night, the night is young. The night is young. <laughs> I mean, look, at the end of the day, one of the things that comes with this, I mean, it's a completely frivolous lawsuit. I mean, you read this lawsuit. It literally looks like a third grader wrote this lawsuit. And really, no offense to third graders, because I think they can do a better job writing this lawsuit than Trump's lawyers did here. Um, but when you get to the heart of it, he alleges that by calling it a big lie, that defamed his character. He goes through like other weird examples where he references like a guest who was brought on CNN, like a singer. And he goes, while she has a very beautiful singing voice, she should not have said those things about uh, what I was what I was doing about the election. I mean, completely baffling. But then what CNN gets to do now, though, is he's opened the door up at the same time he's being investigated for criminal conduct by uh, the DOJ, by the district attorney in Georgia. Donald Trump has now opened up the door for discovery into his conduct related to January 6th. Like the whole, he could be deposed on this. They can ask for a request for production of documents. All of this is now in play. The very first thing I would do if I'm CNN is I wouldn't even file a motion to dismiss because that's like what you would think they would do. Just file a motion to dismiss. I would say, you know what? 
I'm going to answer the complaint. I want to take your deposition next month, Donald Trump. I'm ready to go. See you next week. Because what's he going to do? He's going to do what he did with Tish James. Plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth. And those were questions that he was asked with the New York AG about the valuations of his property. He pled the fifth on those questions. Just think about what he's going to do on January. He's going to plead the fifth to his own lawsuit. By the way, the same way he ran and he was scared shitless in Florida in the Judge Eileen Cannon proceeding where he did not want to submit an affidavit regarding his claims about the evidence that was at his house or whether his claim it was planted. He got bailed out by Judge Eileen Cannon. Thankfully, the Department of Justice just filed a motion to expedite the appeal because her ruling was so atrocious. But in that case, he's the plaintiff and he goes, I don't want to file any affidavits. You're bringing the case, buddy. <laughs> As I said before, if you do not want to be called an insurrectionist, if that's something that upsets you, then do not lead an insurrection against the United States of America. If you don't want to be called a racist, then do not have a history, a decades long history of racist behavior. And we could apply that to every claim that Donald Trump made here. And at its core here, I mean, this is the most like fundamental First Amendment kind of lawsuit on the planet. This is flies in the face of the First Amendment. It flies in the face of the entire notion of free speech. It's incredibly hypocritical from the guy who literally founded his own social media network, which is failing and under criminal investigation because Twitter doesn't allow free speech. He's now suing because of people's opinions about him, which are grounded in lots of facts. And I think the irony of all this also is I think the people who would be most scared if in some alternate universe, this lawsuit actually went through and there were damages assessed because of CNN. The people who would be most scared about this sort of thing has to be a Fox News who just literally lies and makes up horrible, horrendous trash. I mean, they called Obama Hitler for like eight years straight. The horrific things they said, the comparison when they had the picture of the judge next to uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, on put it on the air and said it was a real photo. Like the things that Fox does this will open up a whole can of worms for them. And they're already in deep enough shit with all the Smartmatic lawsuits and the other lawsuits from the voting machine companies. But just imagine the wrath they would face if this was the standard. You know, thankfully mm -hmm. for them, that's not the case. Um, and I, I well, well, Brett, one of the things, too, Donald Trump argues in paragraph two of the complaint that the actual malice standard, which was established in the preeminent case of New York Times versus Sullivan that he writes that actually shouldn't be the standard. So he wants to change the, he, he filed the lawsuit and said the standard shouldn't be the standard okay. in paragraph two. But Brett, you know, if I was to see it in, I would say, or if Trump sues us, I, hopefully he does, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> bring it on, buddy. Bring it, bring on, it, bring it on. on. We're not scared. Come on, man. I'm telling you, night, the night honestly, is if I woke up and that happened, I would legitimately be, I'd be so ready. I was meant for that moment. I was trained for that one moment in I just, life. Like, <laughs> I, I just hope like Jen Ellis is the process server if it happens to us. So oh, but I, then you got to cover your nose because you I know, know that the, the documents are going to yeah, smell no, like parts. Um, <laughs> but, but what I would say though, is if we were sued, you know what I would show as exhibit A? <laughs> yes. What would you show, Ben? I would show the video of the Trump rally in Warren, Michigan, that little teeny tiny itsy bitsy Trump rally in Warren, Michigan. I mean, these rallies are getting more bizarre and bizarre 
each week, right? Where were we? We were in Wilkes-Barre, and then we were in Youngstown, um, and then we were in Wilmington, and now we're in Warren. And and this one, Trump like basically spent, for someone who was about to sue CNN for saying the big lie, he literally spent the whole time just bashing elections and the idea of free elections. I mean, like literally all he did in this one was basically, he literally said, there will never be a free election again. Just think about how dangerous of a statement that is. And then he leaned in on his call with Raffensperger and wanted to tie it to both an anti-democratic process here and abroad. And he was like, it was just like my perfect call where I extorted Zelensky. I mean, like he, he says both of those things that are there. And of course, he concludes with the QAnon theme song. And that's the new thing at Trump rallies. They play QAnon music at the end. And even though Trump likes when the people put their fingers up for the where we go one, we go all sign. Like there are people in the security who don't like it. So there's like conflicting views about whether they should actually make the sign. But they play the music. And meanwhile, you have all the people on like the QAnon forums and on Truth Social and stuff go, he's playing my song. He's playing our song. He's speaking to us. They are hearing the call. And it's just so bizarre, right? Isn't is it a bizarre, It's the Jordan, same way how- the Proud Boys heard stand back and stand by. When he exactly. plays that music, it is a dog whistle of sorts. It is a calling card. Hey, hey, you crazy QAnon folk, I'm going to need you uh, coming up in this upcoming election. So please stay with me. That's what he's saying when he plays that song. And Jordy used the term dog whistle, which was actually a term that Donald Trump used in his lawsuit against CNN, saying that they accused him of sending these dog whistles out to racists. So it's like literally all they got to do is say exhibit A, judge. Uh, the, 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 here, here's the rally that he just had. OK, also, enough, way, it's all right. quite interesting that he chose now to sue CNN, especially when CNN has made this hard pivot right, as we covered on the Midas Touch podcast before. So it's interesting now that he what, what Ben, what are you going to say? Well, no, I was going to say in his own demented mind, he probably thinks that he has an ally in the new head of CNN, Chris Licht, who's going to turn on his reporters. So he right. probably thinks Chris Licht will like this lawsuit and then maybe that will help get the other reporters fired. That would be my guess. I remember there was something that came out also when when Chris Lick came into CNN. One of the things that he actually had told the anchors to stop doing was, I believe it was reported, he told them stop calling it the big lie. And so it oddly lines up now exactly with what Trump Trump put that in his lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. It's in in the suit for a reason. So I think it's important that you do see that. But I mean, this just shows how desperate and flailing and and it's just it's, it's a complete mockery of the legal system. And you just have to like roll your eyes and laugh and be like, this guy is just such a complete, absolute joke. It's always amazing to me, too, how these Trump rallies are supposed to be they're branded as like America's the best and we're going to have a celebration of America. And all it is is like a few hours of saying the worst things about the United States of America and the worst things about the people in this country and the worst things about the law enforcement of this country. It's like, what do you actually like about America? If this is the rally, you're holding a hate rally against America in in hiding it behind patriotism because he waved the flag. I mean, it's disgusting. It's such a good point. If you dropped a literal alien in one of the rallies to observe the rally, the alien would walk away and say, this guy hates this guy. This guy hates America. Everything. It's They're the <laughs> most anti-American uh, celebrations. It's bizarre. 
You know, it's the one successful thing that Russia is actually doing is holding these Trump rallies in the United States of America. Like their one successful thing is having infiltrated the MAGA Republican Party or are the MAGA Republican Party to do that? I mean, guys, I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, Putin's speech the other day or read the translation of it. Um, but when I was reading the translation of Putin's speech the other day, I could not help but think that every single line that he said lined up exactly with a Republican or MAGA talking point, like like word for word, the things he said about like the national pride of Russians, the things he said about the LGBTQ community, schools, line, schools, and it, was the exact word for it. it could have, if you did not see Vladimir Putin's name before it, and you said this was a speech given by Donald Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene or someone else in the Republican Party, you would not have batted an eye at it. Not, well, look not what, even see, a little bit. Look what we're right after the speech and the unlawful annexation what did CPAC do? And they call themselves like the conservative. There's nothing conservative about these people. Remember at the CPAC convention, they held these booths where they put the insurrectionists and called them political prisoners. So Marjorie Taylor Greene would like bend down on her knee and like gave them kisses. And there was this weird like ceremony saying that these were political prisoners. This is what CPAC said right after Vladimir Putin's speech that you're referencing. Vladimir Putin announces the annexation of four Ukrainian occupied territories. Biden and the Dems continue to send Ukraine billions of taxpayer dollars. Meanwhile, we are under attack at our southern border. When will Democrats put America first and end the gift giving to Ukraine? End the gift giving to Ukraine. I mean, they are truly CPAC, a Russian propaganda arm. They go more far out then even Russia's propaganda arms are going right now. And they were chicken shit because CPAC posted that. And then like after they were condemned for it, they like took it down right away. But speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, did you see her speech at that rally, which she said she I mean, it was one of the most horrifying and dangerous things in the world. By the way, she's someone who would be a leader in the Republic. She is right now. Yeah. But if they took power, she would be making decisions over your life, over your family's life, over your community's life. And she goes and she says, the killings have begun. The killings have already begun. Democrats, she goes, I don't want to mince words. Democrats are out there killing Republicans. Brett, do we have this video um, to pull up? I'm not going to mince words with you all. Democrats want Republicans dead. And they've already started the killings. It's so dangerous. It's so, it's so dangerous. I think really like apart from these rallies just being filled with very dangerous rhetoric also, I think one of the things that tends to bother me about them most and tends to bother me about the entire Republican Party is just the endless lies and the endless gaslighting. It's mm. just lie after lie after lie after lie. And they're vicious lies that are going to get people killed. I mean, they've already caused chaos with these lies and they're just continuing to rile their people up. And if they really give their followers this complex that there are Democrats out there who are hunting them down, they're basically giving them permission with all their other Second Amendment type rhetoric that they have to shoot them, to shoot Democrats because they think that they are the enemy. And that is just as dangerous as it gets with this political rhetoric. And the fact that not a single 
Republican is has a spine enough to say, you know what, that's wrong. Like we could have conservative beliefs and we could speak about tax policy and we could speak about our vision, which I guess just there doesn't exist at this point there. They don't have one, which is the problem. But instead, they just stay silent. They just stay the course. They let these people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump fire up their base, fire up these people to do horrific things. And I think that's one of the big differences too that we see in the way that kind of, you know, on our channels compared to a far right channel, the way they call out the so-called left. Because what they will do is they will find one instance of like a random person who has no association to democratic politics, to the power structure of the Democratic Party and they'll say, find somebody saying something dumb or inflammatory and they'll go, look, look, look what they want to do. Meanwhile, the people who we show you on this show are generally the people who are at the power center of the Republican Party. Right. These are the people who they are saying they are considering making heads of committees if they take power mm. and we won't let them. They will make these people speaker of the house. They are trying to reelect Donald Trump to be president again. These are people with active authority. These are the leaders of the Republican Party. And that's just such a huge difference that needs to be pointed out. It's such a good point, Greg. If you're watching now, if you're listening, it's if you're sick of hearing Marjorie Taylor Greene and seeing her so often, if the Republicans gain power again, I promise you, you will see her at least six times as much. And I just want to go back to this, Ben, to your point about CPAC calling themselves conservative. You're right. There's nothing conservative about them. They're as much conservative as when Trump releases a post on his truth social that we call it a truth. I mean, it's literally an oxymoron at this point with these this, this modern day Republican Party. It's ridiculous. Jordy, can I make a comment? I like your hair today. Are you doing like a Justin Timberlake thing? Thank you. I just want to say that I really we get a good look. Let's bring Jordy full screen. Yeah, no, it looks good, man. Got you know, it's got that little yeah. Justin Timberlake little Put some gel circa nineteen ninety. We are live, live now. There's, there's no room for for messing up. Yeah, no, it stays in the pot. This all stays in the pot, and our audio listeners are going to love our description you of your get flowing lines. Off my face, please. Thank you. All right, the screen stays on Jordy for the remainder of the pod. What's next, Ben? <laughs> What's next is also this event. Um, at at Warren, Michigan, was actually supposed to be for, you forget about it, it was supposed to be for Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon's the MAGA Republican candidate who's running uh, for governor there. And just so you know, we're talking about the leadership. Tudor Dixon was someone who mocked Gretchen Whitmer, the current governor, for being subject to a kidnapping plot in which the kidnappers were tried and convicted of trying to kidnap and kill her. And that's what the MAGA Republicans think is like funny, a funny joke, and that they keep leaning in on. They were saying, lock her up, lock her up. Did you see that campaign ad, though, Brett, that one of the county GOP groups uh, did? I mean, I almost thought it was parody, but it's real. I thought I thought this was a I absolutely thought this was a joke. This when is I real. Saw it. When I saw it this morning, I was like, who made this hilarious parody? Who made and, and then I realized it was not a parody. It was real. And then Tudor Dixon herself shared the ad. So I'm going to play it for you now. And I want you all to know we did not make this at Midas Touch. This was not made by The Daily Show. This is a legitimate political ad for Tudor Dixon. And here it is. Hey, have you seen the TV ads with the governor talking about the great things she's done for Michigan? She's a liar. Whitmer can say what she wants, but we live here. Just look around, man. During COVID, Whitmer locked down businesses like the Owasso Barber and put one woman from Holland in jail. 
Oh, yeah. 3,000 restaurants closed. And she's pro-business? Yeah, right. And what about those higher gas and food prices? Our schools were closed for almost two years. Poor kids. Speaking of kids, Whitmer says she's going to work like hell to keep killing babies. And she put COVID patients in Graham's nursing home. Graham died alone. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm voting for the other chick. What's her name? Tudor Dixon. Okay, let's roll. Watch out for potholes. Whitmer never kept her promise to fix the damn roads. Yeah, I'm kind of speechless. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm kind of speechless. But we've got that is a real ad. Could you believe that that is who Republicans are in 2022? That is what the MAGA Republican All right. Party. Is. All right. So here's my message. Here's my message to you after seeing that ad. These seven people in this ad that you saw, they vote. They care about elections. So. Make sure that you and your family care more than them and get out and vote and don't let those people have any power right now. I mean, it's it's a joke, but it's also deadly serious. And right. once again, just the lies and the gaslighting, just made up things and, and just it's just horrific rhetoric. It's How like, can they air that? How when you make a claim, I mean, I used to work in marketing, as we know. And when you make a claim about somebody or a product or something, you have to have something to substantiate it. Like you have to have science or, or a fact or something real. Ben, how could they put that on TV? I'm surprised that that's what you focused on in that ad. Like, <laughs> Jordy's focused on the substantiation of the claims. I, I, made I, want, I, want, I want some detail. I mean, Jordy, that was like the most but, batshit crazy. But, but it thing. is, it is, you know, it is to, to peel back the curtain a little bit. Whenever we do ads at, at the Midas Touch uh, Committee, uh, we always have to provide substantiation of the claims we make in the ad. So Jordy's very right, and Jordy's probably thinking that way because it's always a process that we have to do, and we just put up billboards around the country. I think we have like at least 17, we might actually have like 21 billboards in total around the country. And we're going to announce all of them one by one. And they are all incredible in swing states and the house districts that need them the most. But every time we submit those billboards, they will come back and they will ask for us to back up the claims that we made. And we have Thank to you. provide a lot of substantiation for the claims that we make. And sometimes they say that's not enough. Sometimes they say, oh yeah, but you know, he may have said that, but he didn't say it exactly in that direct manner. So, and then we've got to go back and we got to change the language and and it is a part of the process that i think people might actually be a little interested in did so, daniel gilch fact check this idea i don't know really <laughs> <laughs> it's too complicated for him to fact check but i am excited to announce and we will be announcing that the political action arm of what we do did over a six-figure buy of billboards in Ooh. key critical districts and areas we'll be announcing more of that this week but when you watch that video that we did and you go wow this party is just so completely deranged you say well who's at the top of the party who is the leader of the party and look at what donald trump said recently i mean donald trump making death threats there's no other way to describe this against the other leader of the party, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell and no one else even like responds. They just like let it go down. Um, and this is what he said. Is McConnell approving all of these trillions of dollars worth of Democrat sponsored bills without even the slightest bit of negotiation because he hates Donald J. Trump and he knows I am strongly opposed to them? Or is he doing it because he believes in the fake and highly destructive Green New Deal and is willing to take the country down with him? In any event, Either reason is unacceptable. He has a, and this is in caps, death wish. 
must immediately seek help and advise and advise he writes from his china loving wife coco chow i mean how disgusting can you be i mean the death threats the racism the sheer stupidity <laughs> once again going in- going back to our cnn lawsuit they should just be go okay if exhibit a is the rally exhibit b is this this post that he did two days ago or yesterday. yeah we can literally build the <laughs> we can literally build <laughs> from that one message <laughs> from the last two hours it's got it all it's it, think about it. it it's like uh it's like the stefan uh, skits on snl uh this trump truth has it all it's got insurrection <laughs> it's got racism it's got casual threats of violence it's it's got everything come to truth social where donald trump posts everything that cnn accused them of I mean, and meanwhile insane. when he's posting in all caps death wish to go back to our earlier segment He's got those QAnon folks literally just standing at a beat now for everything he tweets, for a hidden code or a message. These people aren't right in the head. So when they see him with that, I don't, can you, no, it's just an overt threat. I was going to call it a dog whistle. It's an overt threat. They're thinking to themselves, I probably have to do something here. It's, it's bizarre, Ben. No doubt. And look at, uh, so, so over the weekend, right after Trump makes that statement, people like Rick Scott, senator from Florida, who was himself uh, a defendant, a civil defendant, and one of the large, I think it was a criminal defendant too, he pled the fifth, the, the, the company was, but he was also in a, in a civil case, the biggest Medicare fraud in the history of the United States of America. He got the golden parachute after he left the company. That's who these caliber of people are. But Rick Scott goes on, on one of the morning shows and he's asked like, why don't you like, criticize that like you're okay with that and rick scott's response i'll let you play it but rick scott's response is like trump gives everyone nicknames he's <laughs> just a funny guy who gives nicknames like death wish and coco chow play the clip senator i know you're understandably very focused on what is happening uh, in your state of florida but i have to ask you about what appears to be a threat by former president trump against your colleague Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, Trump said, quote, he has a death wish for supporting Democratic sponsored bills. He also mocked McConnell's wife and his own former transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as, quote, China loving and Coco Chow. You're a member of the Senate GOP leadership. Are you okay with this? Well, look, I, I can never talk about respond to why anybody else says what they said. But here's what is the way I looked at it is I think, you know, what the president is saying is, you know, we've there's been a lot of money spent over the last two years. Uh, we've got to make sure we don't keep caving to Democrats. It's causing unbelievable inflation and causing more and more debt. Um, as you know, you know, the president like, likes to give people nicknames. You can ask him how he came up uh, with the nickname. Uh, I'm sure he has a nickname for me. Um, but. You know, here's what I know. We we got to watch how we spend our money. We got to stop this inflation. Um, and you know, and I don't I don't condone violence, and I hope any, no one else condones violence. Nicknames are one thing, but this this is this appears racist. Is that okay? It's never ever okay to be a racist. Um, um, it's you know, like I think you always have to be careful. You know, if you're in the public, you know, eye how you how you say things. You want to make sure you're inclusive. You want to make sure, uh, like yesterday in the neighborhood I was in, we had people probably from ten countries that live there, and so that's what's great about this country. And what I, I know. All right, enough, enough of that. How do people elect that person to any position? And what they were talking about there too, just so we know what the funding at issue was, it was FEMA aid. 
for hurricane relief in that state where he was cosplaying wearing that Navy hat. That is what was one of the main things in that in that stopgap bill, providing $18.8 billion in hurricane-related relief to things like the devastation that was just caused by Hurricane Ian. But Ben, like uh, obviously, you know, these are Florida representatives. You got, you know, people like Rick Scott, you got Marco Rubio, you got Matt Gates. Clearly, these senators and representatives from Florida, clearly they would have voted for the hurricane relief funding, right? I mean, come no, on. you would you would think that would be what they would do, but they didn't. And I want to talk mm -hmm. more about that in a bit. But I also want to tell everybody, if you are loving independent media like this and you want to support independent media, we need you to go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. There are a number of different membership tiers there with exclusive benefits. Don't worry if you're not a member of patreon.com. You still get all of the YouTube videos. Everything else remains the same. But if you want to support and grow this network, we have no outside investors. One way you can help no matter where you live in the world is by going to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Also, if you want to wear the Midas Touch Pro Democracy gear, go to store.midastouch.com. Jordy, a.k.a. Justin Timberlake, oh. is in charge of the Midas Touch store. He does a great job curating some of the best gear like the Convict or Convict 45 Row, row your vote and row member shirts. Get your gear at store.midastouch.com. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I didn't really have the time to make my own vitamin regimen with gummies and pills. And when I tried to do it, it just didn't work. But with Athletic Greens, I take one scoop of this green powder. I put it in a cup. I put water in the cup. I shake it. It tastes incredible. And I got all of the energy and vitamins I need for the day. Look, do I look rested today? So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's for you. It's price. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And tons of people take some multivitamin or mineral, and it's important to choose ones that have high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily new and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. That's athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Mm, I love me some athletic greens. Brett, going <laughs> back killer, to killer library. That was unbelievable. Yeah, A plus, Ben. Really, really impressive. Do you know, like, do you see the new, I'm back with my background. You're. Speaking of backgrounds, did you guys see the difference in my background today? I bet the chat is able to guess it, but Ben never looks at my screen when I talk, so there's no way he does. Bring up my screen for a second, Brett. Ben, what's different with my background? Let's see Jordy's background. Yeah, pull up Jordy. 
Your background is you have bags by your door. Nope. Wrong. My mind went to the sign fell. Jordy went to the farmer's market. That's what we <laughs> My Midas sign crashed last night. It broke, oh. it broke our YouTube award, which is super upsetting. And yeah, I'm just not good. Not good. All right. Sorry, I didn't notice that. Jordy, back to this action. Back to the show. Brett, so you were talking about Florida, uh, members of Congress, senators. How did the 16 member GOP? congressional Republican, Republican, I have to mention, how did all the Republican GOPers in the House vote? Well, I think all of our uh, listeners and viewers will be shocked to find, absolutely stupefied to find out that all 16 Florida Republicans in the House voted against the stopgap funding, voted against the funding that included funding for disaster relief. Um, You had Senators Rubio and Scott calling incessantly. You got to put this relief in the bill. You got to put this relief in the bill. Put it in the bill. We need it. We need it. We need it. You know, every Democrats did it without hesitation. Like, of course, we're going to give you the relief. <laughs> like, like, yeah, absolutely. And then they put it in the bill and they go, psych, not going to vote for it. And this is a common tactic that we keep seeing with these Republicans in these bills where they, you know, put a lot of pressure in for their projects that they want, you know, and, and this is a very important one, which should not be denied, of course, but oftentimes they will put in, you know, their local bridge or their local park or whatever, whatever pet project that they want, they'll put it in the bill and it's fine for them to put it in the bill. But then they end up voting against the bill because they say, oh, there's pork in the bill, which basically to them just means we got ours. I ain't paying for yours though. And so what ends up happening is in a disaster relief bill like this, they end up putting some other funding for other disasters that have affected other states. And they don't want to help those other states. And so we saw, just like uh, Scott got called out on the air the other day, we saw Marco Rubio as well get called out on the air today by saying, uh, the other day by saying, oh, there's all this pork in the bill. I can't vote for the bill. And then when pressed on it, the host said to him, she was like, you know, that was that funding that you're complaining about was to fix a roof in a building that was destroyed in another natural disaster. And he just stammers and tries to make some other excuse up. I mean, it's, it's the same thing nonstop. And you have people like Ron DeSantis running the state who have been so focused on these side issues, so focused on riling up that MAGA base with culture war bullshit kidnapping asylum seekers. DeSantis, all he wants to do is run for president. He's making these cosplay videos of him pretending to be a pilot. It, it leaves them totally, wholly unprepared to handle crises like this when that happens. And that's where Floridians are left with today. That's the problem, whether you're talking about a DeSantis or an Abbott, you go down the line of these Republican governors. They're like failed actors. They have no interest in actually governing. But what they love to do is to be like these C-rate and D-rate kind of actors who like it's just embarrassing to watch them like even as you say, cosplay being, you know, tough people. I mean, you think about it in Texas, a state that's known for energy. <laughs> like that's the their electric grid doesn't work because they don't fix it and then they ignore it and then they blame other people and then they don't fix it because fixing something is tough. And what do the MAGA Republicans like to do? They like to go and blame people like Gavin Newsom who fixes the problem when he takes the difficult step of saying, okay, for this, for these few hours, we need to temporarily sacrifice lights off, AC off for these amount of hours. 
hell no, we're going to put our lights on more. I mean, that's their response versus solving it. You know, and then just even look at what the, 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 the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. I mean, what, one of the things that we're learning is Lee County in Florida, which includes Fort Myers and, you know, in other areas, they waited to issue mandatory evacuation orders. Now, a normal governor who wants to govern would, one, have been addressing all the local areas and making sure that evacuation orders had a top-down approach so that they were um, uh, being made appropriately. But if a mistake was made, a governor should be trying to hold the locality accountable for not issuing the appropriate evacuation orders. And so when Lee County, which again, waited until the last minute, when it was an area that was in the trajectory, it could clearly have been foreseeable. Um, and you have DeSantis asked by a reporter about what took place. Let's just play what he says to the reporter, Brett. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry stationed uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's, you know, they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But, you know, 72 hours, they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours, they were on the periphery. Uh, so you got to make the decisions the best you can. I will say, uh, you know, they delivered the message to people. They had shelters open. Uh, you know, everybody had adequate opportunity to at least get to a shelter within the county. Um, but, you know, a lot of the residents did not um, did not want to do that. I think for probably for various reasons, some people just don't want to leave their home, period. They're island people, whatever. But I think part of it was so much attention was paid to Tampa that I think a lot of them probably thought that they wouldn't get the worst of it. So, you know, they um, but they did. And, and I think it's uh, it's easy to second guess them. But they were ready for the whole time and, um, and and made that call when when there was justifiable to do so. First observation, he's wearing a vest that says DeSantis. Like, how pathetic is just that, that he's like literally dressed up in like a DeSantis Halloween costume, number one. <laughs> number two, he blames the media and says, where was your industry? They're not the governor, right? <laughs> They're the media industry. You're the governor. They are a TV channel. <laughs> you industry. are the one who is the one in charge, you freaking idiot. And didn't that just look so reminiscent? of Trump's yelling at reporters in response to the tough questions, not even tough questions, softball questions that he got about COVID. You idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. What do you know? Inject Clorox. It's all going to go away. They're just island people. They're just island people. <laughs> yeah. Then he, they, people. then he blamed the folks who were living there. They're just island people. Yeah, no, it's it's really baffling. But the thing is, then you get these people in front of other people. You you actually put them in front of the people who they've been screaming about and yelling about, like in this case, Ron DeSantis and President Biden. And this is a flashback now to when there was the crisis with the building uh, collapse in, in Florida. And President Biden came and President Biden helped immediately, you know, because President Biden does not hold grudges against states and governors who say bad things about him like Trump did. And just look at the body language in this picture and we'll describe it for our audio listeners, but you have 
<laughs> Biden looking over DeSantis's shoulder. DeSantis looks just meek and he's hunched over. If I were one of those weird right wingers, I would draw one of those. You know how they draw those like crooked lines through people's form and they show like Donald Trump, you know, he's Damn. standing straight and the look at this beta. Like that's what this photo looks like. I mean, just look at this. It's it's yeah. it's one of the best photos ever. I mean, this is such a, a when, great, when, when DeSantis acts the way he does, every time in my life someone has acted like such like a dick like DeSantis though there I think I could say <laughs> yeah, that on the sure. show it, it's, yeah, it's a live show just let it all out Jordy it's because they can't they don't have a leg to stand on they know that they failed they know that they're totally incompetent so they're gonna act like a jerk to make you feel sort of intimidated so you actually stop asking them questions and actually the tactic the tactic does work but it it, it just really goes to show you I mean he knows he's wrong well, he it's a deflection that. tactic, right? Yeah. It's it's I'm rubber, you're glue. It's it's like a very toddler style uh, deflection tactic that he uses to absolve himself of any blame. And I wish you just had, you know, in these situations, these are hard situations. Like, I'm not going to say this is an easy situation for any governor to navigate. I mean, it's incredibly hard, but I hate this blaming of like, oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, like, just like take responsibility. Yeah. You know what? Maybe like they could have been evacuated a little longer. We misjudged it, but you know what? We're doing everything in our power right now to try to make it right. Like, like at least come out and try to be helpful to the people. And it, it, with all of DeSantis's bluster, as we spoke about in the last podcast, he's hiding some really, really huge problems that are happening in Florida. And a lot of this also is that Florida has the worst leaders on the planet for the moment in time we are in. We are experiencing climate change, climate change at a catastrophic level. And you have leaders at all branches of the government in the state of Florida who deny that climate change even exists. And it's affecting the state and it's affecting the people, whether you want to believe in it or not, it's affecting you in massive, massive ways. And because of climate change at this point, most of the nation's insurers don't even have any interest in providing property insurance to people in the state of Florida. I mean, State Farm is one of the nation's biggest insurers. They cover 8% of Florida's home insurance market. No other major insurer covers more than 4% of the entire market. So what you have is you have these local insurers, thinly capitalized local insurers that Floridians are very reliant on, and people are paying there an average of $4,231 a year in property insurance. That's compared to a U.S. average of $1,544, a little over $4,200 compared to $1,500. That's how bad this issue is, and premiums have increased as much as 30% per year. And so when DeSantis actually was called upon to try to figure out this issue in between passing his don't say gay bill and all of his other horrific legislation, letting people run down protesters, whatever was the topic du jour, he assembled a special session. And what was his plan? Despite the fact that all the experts told him your plan is just a giveaway to the insurance companies that's not going to infect, affect the market in any way. It's not going to help consumers in any way. DeSantis cut a deal worth up to $2 billion in taxpayer funds to give to the major insurance companies. And consumers have seen zero benefit, none, as the experts said at the time. This is all just a massive corporate socialist giveaway by Ron DeSantis to these big insurers. And that's and how what he did, bro. Then he blames the insurance 
rating agencies and says, how dare you basically rate the insurance companies in the state and our state's ability to deliver insurance poorly, like going after the greater versus the actual problem at stake. And just speaking about governors in general, I mean, I think we see this on display. This is across the country with MAGA Republican governors who want to cosplay. And I want to talk about, for example, the Beto versus Greg Abbott debate, which is like, you know, Greg Abbott, for all of his bluster, he's afraid to speak in front of an audience. He wants to keep nobody in the debate and it has to be under one hour and he'll just do one debate. And even in that hour, he completely got like his ass handed to him in the one hour, like got destroyed. But here's someone who cosplay. There's like a video of him before too, where he's like, should I talk like this? And if I talk like this, will people think that I'm strong or should I talk like this? And will people, <laughs> there's actual video of him doing that. And oh maybe I sound a little bit better if I do this. And should I look at people? With, I haven't you, seen this. I got to look this up. That's yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> this is Governor, are you talking about Governor Stitt here? No, no, no. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Abbott first. Oh, Abbott. Oh, 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 I know the video you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, where yeah. Where did yeah. you go the last 60 seconds? We were, we were, I, on, we were on Abbott hard. You sort of Well, we're talking about there. other governors, and so I'm, you know, I, I could producing. talk about Governor Stitt. I was we'll not get, planning we'll get, to. Let's, let's go, let's go all through. Let's start, with, let's start with <laughs> Abbott. I've, I've seen that, and at the end of the clip, he says something to, Abbott says something to the effect of, like, did that show enough emotion? Was that real enough? And like this, this was like his statement, I think, after Uvalde, too, or after one of these shootings. Um, it's sadly hard to keep track in Texas, but it was horrific. It just shows you how contrived his kind of emotion is. And we spoke about this. If anyone heard our, our edition of The Mighty, where we interviewed Sheena King, who's, who's running in Texas, it shows like there really is this good old boys club in Texas where they protect each other. They uphold white supremacy. They protect their lies and the Republican line at all costs, no matter how devastating it actually is to the people. And we see that constantly with Abbott. So, so with Abbott, so Abbott was in no place at all at that time to appear in front of an audience because it would pierce the bubble. It would pierce that wall that he has put around himself of protection. And let's to face it, he's scared. Like he's, yes. a, he's scared to talk in front of people. And all of the ground rules he made was to try to create an environment where he can deal with his own inability to actually communicate. And then when he was asked about um, abortion policy, you know, in Texas with his absolute total abortion ban. And he was asked like, well, what do you do in the incident, in the incident of like rape or incest or incest? And he says that the state will give them baby supplies. That was actually his answer in the debate here. Play that clip. I still want to know is plan B the alternative when it comes to somebody who is pregnant from rape or incest? Well, it depends on what you mean by alternative An alternative obviously uh, is uh, to uh, do what we can to assist and aid uh, the victim, uh, and that is to help get them medical assistance that they need uh, and the care that they need, but also uh, to know what their options are. They're going to uh, to know that uh, the, the state, uh, through our alternatives to abortion program, provides living assistance, baby supplies, all kinds of things that can help them. Also, we've increased funding for prena prenatal okay. and postpartum care. Thank you, Governor. It's because their positions are indefensible, too. That, that, that's why he needs all these caveats in order to debate. And that's what I think we're going to see, too, more and more as, as we see more debates eventually unfold as we get closer and closer to the election. These positions from these MAGA Republicans are literally indefensible. 
So when they're brought on stage and they have to get asked the tough questions, which aren't tough questions, they're just straightforward, they can't defend their position because they've gone down this MAGAverse wormhole of ridiculous things that they want to take rights away from women. They want to take rights away from gay people. They want to take rights away from everybody. And but let's you know really what? break way- down. Sorry, I was going to say, let's really break down what he's saying there too. He's saying that, yes, I, Greg Abbott, am going to force you to give birth to your rapist baby. doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter even if your life's at risk. Nothing matters. I'm going to force you to give birth to that baby. But maybe we'll give you a little bit of baby supplies. That was the great impression, Ben. But that, that was his answer. And I think there's also an irony to it that his solution to the problem is that it was honestly some sort of socialist program, I guess, and, which would be giving away supplies and things. like. And one of, the, one of the biggest hypocrisies of all these people is that they really don't give a, a shit about the baby once it's out of the womb. And they just, you know, it's uh, healthcare, childcare, whatever. You're on your own. Good luck. Good luck. Like at least I wish they would at least be consistent in some way. But it's just the point of me though doing that ding 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 ding. You're done though, is because how ridiculous is that concept? It's one of the most fundamental and important questions that we can ask the leader Uh, of a state, which which is what are you going to do? And the format of the debate is you that person gets 30 seconds to answer. I mean, that's, these are the rules that Abbott wanted. He has 30 seconds to answer something that is fundamental, a fundamental right of women to even just to, to have, and also a right to know what their governor and leader says. And the moment they speak for 20 seconds, beep, 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 you're done. Like, well, what the hell kind frankly, of Frankly, and I, I encourage anybody who's watching or listening to this right now to think of a topic. Doesn't even have to be a topic as complex as abortion rights. Think of a topic and now think if you were asked a question on the spot, if you could adequately answer that question with all the necessary details in under 60 seconds. It's frankly, it's impossible to really and answer. Abbott wanted like those rules because he can't talk and you saw it. And so the first 45, probably 30 seconds of that answer was him just saying, um, and ah. Gaslight until he's saved by the bell. Yeah. And then he's basically saying, but all right, good. I don't have to answer that question anymore. I mean, that's literally the strategy. I'm saved by the bell. That's really the strategy there. Brett, you mentioned Governor Kevin Stitt, though, as well um, from Oklahoma. And so this is, again, another MAGA Republican governor who believes that the solution is more guns in school. Uh, to the fact that there are school shootings. And so he did his version of like DeSantis when DeSantis wore the fighter pilot outfit. He did one where he was holding like a, yeah, like a AR-15, like a mock AR-15 running through the hallways to get a mass shooter. And he got photos of him taken like this. Like this is what MAGA Republicans think that leadership is versus passing responsible gun ownership legislation. Like, what the hell is that that we were looking at? And for those audio listeners, it's the governor Stitt of Oklahoma holding a fake AR-15 running around the hallways, acting like he's like on SWAT team. And like, to me, there's nothing weaker than someone who pretends to be a strong man. I mean, it's the weakest thing. That's Kim Jong-un, that's Putin, that's Trump. That is the essence of MAGA Republic. There's nothing weaker than that. The governor's stiff photo literally looks like it's from a South Park episode. Like you could tell me that's a South Park episode, the governor, you know, person in charge running in the school. Like that is 
It's no, no dastard. And meanwhile, the same Republicans who blamed mental health, right? They just voted against a bill that would provide school-based mental health services. 205 Republicans voted against the bill and only one voted for that bill. And for all their talk about mental health, mental health, there's literally a bill that would address the issue too, in addition to responsible gun ownership. But this bill was focused on mental health and they voted it, against it. It just shows you how averse to the truth they really are. I mean, because sadly, you can't have a more direct example of everything the NRA has touted, of everything Republicans have touted about responsible gun ownership, about good guy with a gun, we need more officers in the school. You could not create a more direct scenario, sadly, than what happened in Uvalde. You can't. You can't. And what that did was, aside from being one of the most horrific events ever to happen in the history of the world, perhaps, it also just showed how BS their lies are and how they don't hold up in real world circumstances. But like they always do, they just double down and triple down on the same old rhetoric. Oh, we had hundreds of officers waiting outside. Well, maybe if we had even more officers, maybe if we had even more guns, it never works out this way. And then they blame mental health because they want to take attention yeah. away from the guns. And that's the NRA's thing. And my whole thing is, you know what? Let's target both. I don't think it has to be an either or thing. I don't know. Why does it have to be an either or thing? Let's absolutely. Mental health is a tremendous issue. It's it's a bit of a red herring for this, but sure, let's help mental health. We definitely need mental health care. And then Democrats put a bill on the floor that targets mental and specifically in schools, which is where these problems arise. And every Republican except for one votes against it. Every well, Greg, Republican it goes it. right back to your point that you just made previously, where once you're born, these MAGA Republicans don't give a shit about you. I want to compare, if we will, though, we talked about a lot of heinous MAGA Republican leaders. And I want to compare that, though, to President Biden. And we didn't even who, get into Dr. Oz killing puppies. And, and <sighs> Dr. Oz, you, you, want to, you want to do a quick Dr. Oz? I, I mean, if we're, if we're really just going to do the full breakdown of, of everything, I think we should probably just hit on Dr. Oz quickly because it's it's become to a point where these aren't just bad candidates with bad ideas. They are like comically evil. Like if you wrote these people in a movie and they were the supervillains of the movie, you would say it's a little, it's a little much, a little like it's nose. a little on the nose, like maybe tone it down to make it a little bit more believable. But this has been floating around the internet now for a few weeks and people have been digging up old studies about Dr. Oz. And then tonight, Today, this was confirmed that there was a review done of 75 studies published by Dr. Oz, and it found that Dr. Oz's research experiments at the University of Columbia, Columbia University, killed 329 dogs, and Oz had allegedly made a bunch of other dogs and animals suffer along the way throughout all these experiments. This is all comes from this testimony from this whistleblower named Catherine Delorto. 
which from the early 2000s, she said that Oz's research led to extensive suffering inflicted on his team's canine test subjects, including multiple violations of the Animal Welfare Act. And this gets so graphic, I don't even know if I want to read it. But the whistleblower said the Oz-led study resulted in a litter of puppies, an entire little of puppy, litter of puppies being killed by intracardiac injection with syringes of expired drugs inserted into their hearts without any sedation. And upon being killed, they were apparently these puppies. They were left in a garbage bag with living puppies who were their litter mates. And for all of this, Columbia University was just forced to pay a $2,000 fine at the time for all that horrific behavior. So like I, I, when I read that, I mean, it's it's disgusting. Like I, I, I can't even like say anything witty or anything. Like it's just, it's absolutely disgusting. And this is the caliber of, of candidate, but not only candidate, but this is the caliber of human being that the Republican party hoists up on a pedestal and wants to control your life. Then I want to just compare that. I mean, to what a real leader looks like, because real leaders intimidate MAGA Republicans, feeble, weak, despicable, MAGA Republicans. And you see President Biden's address following Putin's unlawful annexation, where Biden said, America is fully prepared with our NATO allies to defend every single inch of NATO territory. Play that clip. Well, the United States is never going to recognize this. And quite frankly, the world's not going to recognize it either. He can't seize his neighbor's territory and get away with it, as simple as that. And they're gonna stay the course. They're gonna to continue to provide military equipment so that Ukraine can defend itself and its territory and its freedom, including additional resources that the Congress is gonna give me today of 13 billion more dollars to help the Ukrainians defend themselves and fight back. And we're fully prepared to defend, I wanna say this again, America is fully prepared with our NATO allies to defend every single inch of NATO territory. Every single inch. So, Mr. Putin, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Every inch. That is what a leader looks like. Full stop. And I don't want to go into the whole military strategy on this. We've covered it on other um, Midas Touch podcasts, but the very fact that it was a brilliant military strategy of providing the Ukrainians with these HIMARS, um, which are these high mobility artillery rocket systems, which um, can basically target with precision these artillery, centralized artillery areas where the Russians were keeping all of their weaponry behind the front lines, cutting off supply lines to the front, and then the Ukrainians would be able to, um, you know, uh, defeat Russians at various fronts. And uh, it's been an incredible strategy executed by with with the help of the United States of America, really showing how weak Putin and that type of uh, extremist fascist blend of leadership is. But compare. What you just saw there of Biden to Trump uh, trying himself to interfere with the elections in Brazil and back there, right wing fascist style, current president Bolsonaro. You see this clip of this weird clip of Trump um, on an airplane like it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And Trump constantly posted about Bolsonaro before the Brazilian election for president here. Play this clip. 
People of Brazil, you have a great opportunity to re-elect a fantastic leader, a fantastic man, one of the great presidents of any country in the world, President Bolsonaro. He's done an absolutely incredible job with your economy, with your country. He's respected by everybody all throughout the world. So I strongly endorse President Bolsonaro. He will be your leader for hopefully a long time. He has taken your country to great heights. And again, your country is now respected because of him all over the world. So go out and vote for Bolsonaro. And Bolsonaro also spreading election disinformation, also claiming it's rigged, saying he's going to use the military um, to uh, try to overturn the results of their elections there. He lost in the first round to Luiz Lula da Silva, or Lula as he's called in Brazil, um, by close to uh, almost 10%, um, by about 6 million votes. You have to have wow. a majority. You have to have over... 50% of the vote to win. And so this is going to go to a second round, but Lula, um, you know, absolutely destroyed him in the first round. Brett. Yeah. I think what you're seeing is, you know, a rejection of fascism, but I also noticed that there were, you know, plenty of people. And I, I, I understand rightfully so in Brazil who I saw commented and said it was still too close for them. Like, you know, it, the polls showed that it was going to be a greater defeat. Um, and so, you know, I think they're worried the same way that we're worried here about what's going on in their country and about the spread of this far right authoritarianism, this fascism that's spreading. And it's interesting how you see, you know, these authoritarians sticking together, how you see the Trumps and the Bolsonaro's and all these people across the world really kind of forming this kind of alliance with one another to take on what they view as these illegitimate liberal, and I don't use liberal as in terms of liberal conservative, but the liberal governments of liberal democracy um, in the rest of the nation. And it's incredibly dangerous. Part of me is even like, do people even in Brazil even give a crap about Trump? Like, is anybody watching? who's watching that from Brazil? It's like, oh, that uncomfortable, that uncomfortable video of Trump where I could literally smell his breath when I watch that video. Yeah. That's what's going to change my mind when now I'm going to vote. His face is so close to the camera and it almost looks like a deep fake. I'm like, like, it looks like those, like, it, it does it, but it looks like the Carrie Lake videos. Every time, yes, every time Carrie Lake does like an interview, I feel like it's like an AI of Carrie Lake. Yeah, she's got some weird lighting and like she rubs Vaseline on her camera or something. It's always like a very bizarre look at the person, which is, it doesn't look natural. It looks like you're almost like computer generated. And I agree that Trump in that look like it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens now as we go into these elections, this runoff election, which I believe is October 30th. Um, and, you know, like, like Ben said, you have Bolsonaro, who is basically raising the same sort of objections that Trump raised saying, you know, it's a, we beat the lie. We beat the lie. Who does that sound like saying that he beat the lie that the polls were actually supposed to be wider um, than they were and saying that it's all illegitimate and that there was fraud. You even had the same kind of MAGA people, the Steve Bannons of the world, all these Trump people spreading the same lies about the elections, elections in Brazil, saying that there was fraud, saying that there was ballot dumps, you know, it's, it's the same shit every single time and just so tired. Um, but you have Lula 
Abdullah, who came to reporters, who said, you know, he said that he's feeling confident about it all. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll continue to keep you posted. And I'm also curious, you know, if there are, are people out there who listen to the show, and I know there are because I see the data uh, in Brazil, mm -hmm. I would love to hear your perspective on what happens. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to tag us, send us, you know, messages and whatever, because more importantly, you know, we could say all we want about it, but I want to hear from Brazilians and, and see what you make of everything. And I'm curious to see if the Trump messages resonate at all there. I want your perspective. So, so please share them with us. The next January 6th hearing has been scheduled for October 13th. Mark your calendars. We will, of course, be broadcasting the January 6th hearing live right here on the Midas Touch Network, the number one place to watch the January 6th hearings with our top panel for pre and post January 6th committee coverage. Now would be the time also to go check out patreon.com slash Midas touch P A T R E O N.com slash Midas touch. I frequently get asked by viewers here in the United States and abroad. What can I do? What can my role be in helping to grow this independent media platform that is funded by no outside investors. We are fueled by democracy and powered by you. And if you would like to help grow this network, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. There are a number of exclusive benefits there. You could even become a producer of the Midas Touch podcast. You could get Ooh. postcards from the Midas Touch brothers, me, Brett, and Jordy. You can get some exclusive podcast bonus features and other behind-the-scenes photos and footage at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. If you want to get Midas Touch gear, go to store.midastouch.com. The best pro-democracy gear out there. Rovember shirts, row, row, row your vote shirts, convict or convict 45. Oh, we also have like a very limited amount. If you want one of those Rovember pins, we have a very limited amount of the pins left. Last I checked, I think we have less than like 70 Ooh. in stock and we had like thousands of them. So make sure to get them. If you want one of those, get them today at store.midastouch.com. And also, don't forget to support our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Midas. I'm frequently asked, do you really drink it? Do you really like it? I really drink it. I really like it. And lots of the Midas Mighty who have gotten it really, really say it makes a difference. And I don't just endorse anything. I really like the athleticgreens.com product, athleticgreens.com slash Midas. There you have it, folks. Another live, live Midas Touch podcast. I'm loving and this, you guys. I am I like absolutely live, live. loving it. And I want you all to let us know also, if you're listening to this on audio or if you're watching on the video, leave us a comment. Let us know if you like the live show. Remember to subscribe to, if you're on YouTube, go right now, subscribe to the audio. All of you right now, go to the please. Apple Podcast app, Google please, Podcast, be nice Spotify, 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 whatever. Why are you go on subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast over there. If you're on the audio, come please. over to our YouTube channel. It's great. You get to see us and it's awesome. And we just love doing this. Yeah. It's so leave much a five-star review, will you? Please. Please, why you guys are not saying please say please be please. nice to our audience maybe we'll get it if you're nice please leave right. a five-star review as right, well Charlie. wherever you get your audio podcast thank you so much i'm ben micellis from the midas touch network joined by my brothers brett and jordy micellis jordy sign us off as always shout out to the midas mighty
At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.